0: So, Bab joins me now, and uh, I say coffee in hand, Bab. Before we we discuss Cajun baseball, like daylight savings time, love mm-hmm. it, hate it, indifferent. Because personally, I absolutely hate it.
1: I like it. I like it when it during the summer. You know, when it's warm and there's a lot of things to do out, and you can stay outside late and do some things. In the winter, I like the fact that it gets dark early because. You're not doing that much past five, six anyway in the winter a lot of times whenever it's really cold outdoors. So it gets darker, brings the family inside a little earlier, more time in the house at night, the kids, the family, everything. I, I enjoy that. So Fair enough. I, yeah. like, I like both of them. I hope that we don't go to daylight savings times full year, full year round. So you, I hope you, we you, do you, not.
0: You, you, like, you like it to continue to change. Correct. See, when I, when I say I hate it, I mean I hate the actual, like, day it happens. Like, I hate this week because, I mean, your kids are older now, but, like, kids' body clocks, like, in and when you're hosting a morning show and, you're, you know, your body clock's like, oh, wake up, it's five. No, actually, it's like four, so you're right. lying to me. Right. And now the wife's trying to pull kids out of bed and they're grumpy all day. It takes, like, a good nine or ten days to settle in.
1: And that that just makes me a.
0: So I mean, st- I'm usually I'm usually a pretty happy guy. I mean, it is St.
1: Patrick's Day, but I just you're still in that quarantine time I'm for bad, for. I'm in a bad mood. Daylight man. savings times those <laughs> nine, just, ten, fourteen days.
0: Just in a bad mood. Well, hey, so whenever, it, we whenever they last, steal we won an hour last night,
1: me. so that right. should put you in a little better mood.
0: Cajuns win last night nine to eight. Um, boy, is it nothing's coming easier for you guys right now? I mean, the, no, these these have been, with the exception of the game on Friday where. You know, Hayden, incredible talent. I mean, the breaking ball wasn't there for him. And we could we could discuss that game. But I'm looking at all the other games here in this this last stretch here over the last week. Every one of them you feel like, we could have won that one, we could have won that one. I'm glad last night wasn't a coulda. You got it done last night. Um, when it's 9-8, to eight, how are you feeling heading into the bottom of the ninth with Austin on the mound?
1: Well, I mean, you're feeling good because, number one, you have the lead and you're three outs away, uh, number Two, you know, there's a guy on the mound who is a really tough guy, but hadn't been out there a lot, you know, because of health and reasons such as that. So, you know, again, you felt good because anytime you go into the bottom of the ninth, top of the ninth, if you're at home with a lead, you feel really good. But until those last three outs are made, Coach Robe used to say all the time there's a reason they play those closers in the big leagues, the money that they do because they're the toughest three outs to get in the game. So felt confident that we were going to be able to get it done. And then thankfully we were able to get that done in the bottom and get it, come away with that victory because, you know, we had a really good offensive night last night, really good offensive night. A few more plays that could have been made in the field, less free base runners would have made the night even easier, but Hey, we were in the middle of, of of a five game stretch that didn't go our way, as Matt said on post game. There's no such thing as not winning good enough. So we got the W and and got out of there. And it was a long game. Uh, the guys didn't get back till one one thirty in the morning. And As you mentioned already, COVID test this morning between 7.30 to 9.00 and and get ready for TCU. There's no time to bleed, that's for sure.
0: No, no, um, you get right back at it against a really good team that you were scheduled originally to play four games against beginning tomorrow. Uh, That extra day of rest, you know, can come in handy there. But um, last night, four more errors on that side of things. I asked Degs this on on, uh, Monday, Bab, and he didn't give a, a yes or no answer, but it was... That decision we talked about it last week. The lineup decision, when you've got you're looking for that offense, but you've also got some guys in the lineup that are playing maybe not their most natural position because you're looking for that offense. Do you feel like that balance of offense versus defense and trying to find the perfect mix has that been the biggest challenge this year?
1: Well, it's been one of them. You know, again, we we've got you've got to score to win, so we've got to get guys in there that are going to be somewhat consistent offensively, and. You know, I've said it before, we've got guys that can move around. Now, yes, moving those guys around has cost us defensively a little bit. But uh, that's the guys that we have, the personnel that we have. You know, the, the, the personnel that we have right now, it's not necessarily guys that can defend at a high level. And swinging at a high level to where you can keep running those same guys out there, and and the guy that's going to stick the ball in the gap will be the same guy that's going to make the the tremendous play up the middle for the last out of an inning. You know, so we're having to move some things around uh, to be able to get where we want to get offensively. Again, last night, good game offensively. Suffered a a couple of times on the on the defensive side of things, but just again glad that we got off that five game streak and and tasted victory again, especially heading to this weekend.
0: 7 of 21 last night with, with guys, with runners in scoring position, and I know you want the number to be even higher, but you're seeing, you're seeing it improve, and uh, I, I think coming off of the weekend against Southern Miss and getting as much offense as you did last night, and um, where are you at right now currently? Do you feel like that's going to continue trending upward as far as hitting with the guys in, in scoring position?
1: Well, I think that it will. The more times that those guys are put in those positions, hopefully the more comfortable they're going to get. You know, it's not going to get any easier as far as the arms that we face with TCU this weekend and then Coastal Carolina to open up conference play. So we've just got to continue to have good, solid ABs, rock solid ABs. That's what we want out of our guys. You know, the the results will – that's going to take care of itself. But we just want guys to have solid, competitive at-bats – hunt the fastball. That's one of the things that during this stretch we hadn't done a good job of is hunting the fastball, taking too many fastball strikes, especially call thirds. That That's not what we're about. That's not what we want to be about. So last night was a much better job in doing that. And, you know, Kimple had a, a great game, Fitzgerald's been pretty consistent. If those two guys can stay consistent, those two guys kind of you know, in the middle of our order, kind of make the lineup go. You know, Tyler Robinson has stayed fairly consistent. And then the other guys, you know, at the bottom, those are the guys that you kind of seen in and out of the lineup, different positions, trying to find some continuity there. So I think that things will only only improve from here. Again, last night was was a tough environment to play in. Uh Nichols is always tough to play. The wind's blowing straight in. Uh there's not a lot of, of atmosphere at the park. So it's a tough place to play. It's a tough place to win. And, you know, for our guys to go in there, having lost five in a row, making four errors, free base runners that we gave, still coming out with a victory. And I think that says a lot about the team.
0: Associate head baseball coach, Anthony Babino, our guest It's the great Scott show sponsored by suit up. Um, last night you had, I think three situations where runners on third with no outs and, um, guys struck out now you want to be aggressive at the plate right how do you guys practice a a situation specifically like that um is is it just as simple as as it is like just you try to recreate it in practice in terms of what's the approach the batting approach when you got a runner at third but there isn't two outs yet and a guy's at
1: the plate well when there's a runner at third with less than two you want to try to get the job done early because the deeper you get in the count the more the Obviously, the, it, it goes in the favor of the pitcher. So you want to try to get after, you know, one of those first couple of pitches if it's in the zone and you want to stay towards the middle of the field. It it should be, theoretically, one of the easier situations because, you know, all we're asking guys to do is they don't even have to get a hit, right? Sure. I mean, if they get a hit, that's a bonus. But you can score run with a ground ball in the middle, a sacrifice fly, and you do that by hunting the big part of the field. The big part of the field is from the left center field gap to the right center field gap. You know, trying to stay on the ball, keeping that barrel of the bat in the zone as long as you can, not rolling over to the third baseman who's going to be playing in, not being underneath the ball and having a fly ball on the infield. So that's the approach. Um you know, and we want to try to be anytime we have a runner less than a runner third with less than 2, we call those alpha at bats, alpha ABs. We want to try to be around 70%. I know we're not at that right now, but that's what we want to try to be at around 70%. So, we've got to continue to improve in those situations. Those should be give me runs. Those should be gimme runs uh that we can get across the plate to either get us back into a game or just extend the lead really if we have a lead and get runner third less than 2 tack those on so that we can extend the lead, and we've got to continue to work at that and, and do a little bit better job at that.
0: Last night, Brett Berganio, three hits. Um, he's got, I think he's leading the team in batting average right now, hitting something like 364. Uh, might be a little better, actually, after last night. Give, give me some details about what, just about this guy on and off the diamond and, and what's gone into it, and when he's, Feeling it the way he is at the plate, what that does for you guys as a
1: team. Well, you know, Brett's a guy that transferred in from Cal State Fullerton, and and he's kind of a he's a really really relaxed kid. You know, um, California to the max, chill. You know, absolutely, um, chill is a free spirit, and and um, you know, he's a good defensive player. He really is. He's a guy that you've seen it short, you've seen it third. As in last night, you've seen it at second. He's a really good defender, um, an accurate throwing arm. I know he, he made a mistake last night in, in the first inning um, throwing the baseball, but a pretty accurate throwing arm. And, and, you know, he battles and he competes at the plate. I mean, he is what he is. You know, he's a smaller kid. Uh, he's not going to hit home runs. Not said he won't ever, but he's not going to hit home runs. And when he starts to get a little too big in practice, he gets reminded of it. You know, um, we, we let him know, but your, your job's not to try and drive the baseball. You know, your, drive, your job is to be a contact guy, handle the bat kind of guy. You should be able to bunt to both sides of the field. That, that's your job. That's your duty. That's your function within the confines of the team. So he's a guy that, that last night played within himself. Uh, he, he did what we expect him to do, and that's just to make solid, hard contact. And, you know, he helped us out last night. We're looking for guys that, that once we insert them in the lineup or when they get an opportunity, they give us everything that they have. And that's what he did last night, and he helped us last night in big ways.
0: Kemple, Fitzgerald, back-to-back jacks last night. Hearing Coach Deggs in postgame, when, when you've got Kemple and Fitzgerald and when they've when they're steady at the plate, is that – is that a big key to unlocking everything else offensively? Well,
1: it certainly is. Anytime the guys that hit in the in the you know upper third or middle of the lineup are, are really going, then that's when your offense is going because those are the RBI producers. Those are the guys that are driving them in. The other guys are supposed to be getting on base, moving guys over, and in the middle of the lineup, that's the that's who drives the runners in. So when those guys can can do what they did last night, it, it certainly helps us. I mean, I think you it, it really speaks for itself. You can go through all of our games so far, and when those guys have done something, you'll see the run production up. When those guys haven't, you see the run production down.
0: espn 1420 Rage Raging Cajun Associate Head Baseball Coach Anthony Babino, our guest. I'm Scott Prathers. The Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. Let me tell you guys about Suit Up. 3546 Ambassador Caffrey, located between Rooms to Go and Lafayette Shooters, right next to that Lebanese restaurant, Tabula, And Suit Up is locally owned and operated. You need to get, fellas, you just need some some casual, they got you. You need dress up, they got you. You need a rental, right? Need to rent a tux, need to rent a suit, they got you. You need to alter something, they got you. All in one place, all of those. Only place around here that's locally owned that does all four. Suit Up, they got the Southern Marsh line in right now, guys. Southern Marsh. I had to go get one of those high-tech fabric shirts that just feels so good. Like I, I like to sleep in it. I like to wear it all day because that extra light light dry fit, just that feel-tech fabric line, um, lots of Southern heritage. Southern Marsh, by the way, that clothing line uh, is Louisiana-owned, born and bred. So talk about local. They got it. They've got everything but the kitchen sink if you're looking for something nice, whether it be pants, belts, socks, Hats, shoes, but of course they got the suits. Like I said, dress up, casual, whatever it is. Specials right now, two suits for $300 on select suits. You get free dress slacks right now with any sports coat purchase. If You got somebody, you're thinking about getting married, you pop the question, okay, now where do I get the rentals for the wedding? You know what to do. You go to suit up. Jay Walker, of all people, said, look, I don't know anything about fashion, but that's where I get my stuff because <laughs> when I walk in there, they say, we can help you. I mean, and, and, and they did. I see it. Anytime I see him dressed, I'm like, where are you going? You look good. He's like, suit up, bro. So suit up. When you go, tell him you heard about it from me. I'd really appreciate it. But really, more than anything, you're going to look good. You're going to feel good. The best selection, the best prices, and the best service. It's locally owned and operated. Support local and um, enjoy it. Enjoy it for yourself. Ladies, if you're listening, I mean, it's a great gift card. Great gift for the fellas. ESPN1420 and .com. Anthony Babineau, our guest. Uh, Bab, want to talk to you about a number of other things coming up, though. You're back at home, and you got TCU coming in. This is just a huge series. A great opponent coming to Cajun Field. We're going to dig into it. Spencer Arigetti now starting on Friday. We'll dig into that. What you expect. It's all coming your way. I'm Scott Prather. That is Anthony Babineau. And we're right back right after this. Listen to ESPN 1420. 1420. Live on your desktop or mobile device via our mobile app and in connected cars and on smart speakers. Brought to you by Sean Pines Market in the Oil Center. Sean Pines going the extra mile. The great I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. On Sports Radio ESPN 1420. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Scott Prather, Anthony Babineau in the house. Rage Cajun Associate Head Baseball Coach. I can remember... Uh, a couple of games over the last fifteen, sixteen years, where you guys played on St. Patrick's Day and wore an alternate green uniform. Mm-hmm. You've been with the program for about a hundred years, Bab. At least. What? What is? <laughs> what is your
1: favorite alternate uniform that the Cajuns have broken out ever? Wow, there's been so many. You know, we've done St. Patrick's Day. We've done Armed for- Forces Day. Um. What else? We did a Ron Guidry day, pinstripe, jersey. Well, I guess that's just three. I said there's been so many. <laughs> there's but, been uh, so
0: many. There's, <laughs> there's been more, but those are the three you remember. So, obviously, <laughs> right. it's one of those three. Uh, I think, the other ones, you, don't, you know, they don't come to you right away.
1: Right. Probably the armed forces, you know, the, the armed forces day. Oh, there's been throwback days. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, throwbacks are fun. Throwbacks are fun. Probably one of the armed forces, you know, with the, the camo jerseys, you know, Honoring the, celebrating the, I, veterans I, and armed forces, and that's probably been one of my favorite. I love because we've done a few.
0: I just love the current uniform setup, man. Like the cream white with the, the Cajuns and just the print of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the it what game was it? Oh, it was it was the ULSU shoe game. The decision, like the 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 uniforms that that night in terms of what the teams broke out, I was like, this is. Kevin Foot was like, "Now nah, this pretty, I, I, that's pretty on the field." And then game started, and we stopped talking about uniforms, but um, started talking about the game. But I, 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 every team needs at least one green alternate in case they play on St. Patrick's Day, no
1: matter what. Nichols had one last night. St. Patrick's, <clears throat> excuse me, wasn't St. Patrick's Day, but they had the green alternate. They were celebrating last night. They were
0: celebrating early. Yes. Well, they didn't have the uh, the luck of the Irish because uh, the Cajuns got the win last night, 9-8. to eight. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. If you're looking for Raging Cajun, sorry, that is the Q button, cranking it up in our ears. The listeners didn't hear it turn up. Um, sometimes our, our board in here just has a ghost in it. Just buttons fire off. If you're looking for Rage of and softball against Texas today, uh, that is not happening. They will play in Austin tomorrow in a doubleheader. They were expecting, uh, what well, we are expecting a lot of rain in the area. be safe today. Uh, heavy thunderstorms likely, um, high of 80 today. But uh, with that, they got the series moved. And I know some fans are like, well, what, home series, now you're playing on the road. They're going to make it up. Glasgow's got you know great relationships, great rep. Texas might come to Lamson Park two years in a row. Whether it be for a midweek series or be- whether it be for maybe um, you know one of those early season tournaments that uh, that that the Cajuns host each year, so uh, stay tuned. Though tomorrow doubleheader, and then they'll take on UTA on the baseball diamond this week. And the Cajuns are back at home. They are uh, taking on a TCU team that is really good. Now you guys are are a lot of success at home. Uh, Bab seven and two at home this mm-hmm. year. Coming back from a long road trip. Uh, got back out on the road for a day. But as you said, the game so long last night, the guys got back so late. I know the guys ready to be back at Russo Park. Being able to host a team like TCU at home, um, that's that's one that I know when, when you were working on the schedule, uh, you might not admit it, but I'm sure you gave yourself a pat on the back.
1: Well, you know, anytime you can get a, a team with that type of name and that type of reputation and the history that... That they have, especially their recent history, Snagel and the College World Series appearances. It's it's a great thing, you know, to to have that type of team come and, and our fans be able to and witness programs like that play here. And same thing when we had Texas here a few weeks ago, and but our fans create the atmosphere and allowed us like that come in because teams like that they come in here they know that that we're going to play at a high level. They know that they're going to get treated fairly. They know their RPI won't take a hit because our RPI is usually very good. So, and they know it's going to be competitive baseball. We've got great relationships with most of these coaches, or if not all of these coaches that come in here, no matter if they're teams from our league or or teams from major programs. So, you know, to get them to come in here and, and it was, it was really great. You know, I was excited for them to come and we're obviously going to, repay the trip. We're going to go back there in 2023. But, you know, just the fact that there, cause a lot of times when you ask teams to come in, they won't, you know, sometimes they won't. And, uh, they say, well, you can come here. Well, no, that's not what we want. We want you to come here and we'll go there or we'll go there. Then you come here either way, no matter how it happens is it's fine. But, you know, for a team like that, a program and coach Loshnego to say, yes, I want to go in there, take my team and, and play a weekend series is a great thing.
0: Have you seen that change over the years with the reputation that Rage of Cajun Baseball now has that it's not – is it less difficult now when you call a, a really strong program like TCU and say, hey, we want to do a home-and-home? Home, if you had done that, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago, even though the Cajuns had were ranked at times and have been to a College World Series, is it, has it always been like that, or do you just feel like the sustained – uh, respect of this program has helped in that regard.
1: I think the sustained respect has helped for sure. The facility has helped. You know, they know that we're in a new facility. They know it's a good surface. So there's no hesitancy to bring their team here, even though it's teams from major conferences.
0: Anthony Babineau, our guest, ESPN 1420 and .com. So you saw some pretty good pitching last weekend on the Diamond. Uh, that might be putting it lightly. Southern Miss, really good arms. You're going to see some really good ones this weekend as well. Um, what have you seen out of TCU, and and what's the approach when you're taking on a team that can throw it the way they can, and and really beat you in a in a number of ways if uh, if you have one bad day at the office?
1: Well, the approach is is kind of what it always is. It's it's one pitch at a time, one at bat at, at a time. Staying as competitive as you can be. Uh, you know the thing about. The arms that we face so far, and and what we're going to face this weekend. I mean, Friday night you're going to see a six nine, two hundred and sixty pound lefty. Sunday you're going to see a, a starter who ninety six to ninety eight, I believe. You know, they they've got really really good arms, and and we call those guys buffaloes. So, in order to take those buffaloes down, you, you got to do it one pitch at a time. Somebody's got to, you know. Kind of nick them here and nick them there, and a little cut here and a little cut there until someone can deliver a, a knockout blow. Hopefully, so it takes all nine to do it. You've got to work together. So that's what we're going to have to do: is is just slowly, methodically, stay after the guy on the mound. And and like I said, whenever we have a chance to to get a bruise in or, or get a, a sucker punch in here, you know that's what we're going to have to do until somebody's ready to come off that top rope, you know, um, with with the knockout blow.
0: Well, you got a guy starting Friday that has said the phrase, and I quote, we love to scrap, end quote. He also used to pitch at TCU. Mm -hmm. The decision to start Eric Getty on Friday, how much of that is based on what he's done this season? How much of that is we want him to get that Friday start against his former team? Well, I think
1: he's deserved it, for one, with what he's done this season. and, And, you know, it has nothing, it's, not that we have any less confidence in Dirk and what he's done this this prior to this Friday he's been really good oh, yeah. and, and and this Friday you know as we've mentioned already this week on on radio you know he was tipping his pitches you know we found out so they had a little something on him which when you have something on a guy it makes it a little easier we we were able to get something off their guy but we weren't able to figure it out till late in the game, and it was it was too late at that point. So, you know, you constantly are looking for guys, whether it be video. You know, nowadays with, with the, the video systems and the scouting systems that every team has, you can watch a team and a pitcher play, pitch countless number of times, countless hours before you actually face the guy. And if you watch somebody long enough, you're going to eventually figure out something that they're doing to give away pitches because, you know, we're all creatures of habit. We do things certain ways. We do them the certain way each time we do different things. And a pitcher's case, whether it be curveball, fastball, they, they do different things. They set up differently, whether it be the glove or, or, or something like that. So they are able to get something off of him. But I think that decision was made just because uh, of the, the rhythm that those guys are in right now. Spencer's is, is in a, he's been in a really good rhythm the entire season. And, I guess the fact that he played at TCU might have a little bit to do with it, you know, getting him out there first. He's really excited, you know, about them coming in. and, and um, But the hope is that he can go out there and, and not be so amped up and, and out of control because of who he's going to be pitching against and, and realize that, you know, he's pitching for the Cajuns now and, and, and he's got it. all he has to do is, is what he has done and just be competitive in the zone Give us a chance to win. And that's what he's done every time he's been out and, and that's what we look for you know when, when guys go out there. ESPN
0: fourteen twenty, Scott
1: Prather, Anthony Babineau.
0: Uh Ericetty told us after his first outing this year that when he was at TCU, he just at some point forgot how to have fun playing baseball. And um didn't didn't say anything bad about the program or anything like right. that. It was it was more of a personal thing. It said mm-hmm. his one year at JUCO and one of the assistant coaches there really helped him rediscover his love and how to have fun playing. And he said he's never felt more loved and accepted than he is within the Cajuns baseball program. Um, how tight is this group? You know, I mean, uh, he used the word love. I mean, I, I know that he loves baseball, but to say he's never felt that accepted and loved, people think Wolf Mac Wolfpack mentality. They think of the intensity and, and and things like that, and guys having each other's back, but. How much is this group in your mind, Bab, just you've been around a lot of teams, and I know it's what, eighteen games into the season, there's mm-hmm. still a long way to go, but where would you say from a chemistry and acceptance standpoint this 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 clubhouse is?
1: Well, that whole mentality that you referred to, Wolfpack mentality and, and locker room mentality, it's it's loving your brother also. You know, the word love is is used all the time. I mean you truly want to get to a a spot where Each guy loves the other guy. Um, And this group is really tight. They're a tight-knit group, and they've been through a lot, whether it be the the struggles of not having a season last year and having to stick to afar, so to speak. They've been through a lot, and and they're still going through a lot with, you know, just the – look, don't get me wrong. We're we're ecstatic that we're playing, but having to go through the two COVID tests a week and and getting up here and – like I said, last night got back at 1, one thirty, and they're back up here at 7.30 in the morning, a COVID test so that we can play again on Friday. It's a lot that these guys are, are continuing to, to go through to have to play the game, which they don't take for granted, and, and they'll gladly go through everything that they're having to to go through for an opportunity to play. So uh, they're together all the time. Uh, so when you're together with, with with someone for that long a period of time, one or two things going to happen. You're either going to love them or you're going to hate them. And there's no hate in this group. Uh, everyone is, is together working towards the same goal and, and guys are pulling for each other. And that's what you have to have in order to do special things.
0: I think from the outside, no one knows all the stories. No one knows what goes on in a clubhouse. I do think fans never have all the information, right? Mm-hmm. I, I do think that there are some things you kinda know when you see it if you if you follow sports closely enough. And you can get a good idea, I think, just watching games if a team has the and I don't mean necessarily just chemistry on the diamond or whatever. I'm sure you've had teams that weren't all crazy about each other. You still won a lot of games. But you can usually tell whatever whatever it is. I, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is if a if a team is that is really close, is really tight. Um and, and you've I've gotten that vibe out of this team and hearing the guys speak about it and hearing some of the new guys, whether it be Eric Getty or Willis or whatever in their first year, talk about the clubhouse and guys that have been other places and just how much they love this group. I mean, the, you, you can see it on the diamond. Win or lose, you can tell that these guys genuinely love each other. And folks might think that's cliche or cheesy, but the reality is – Robes said it all the time, right? Babby would say uh, chemistry can make, you know, a great team average or an average team great. And when you've got guys that love each other, it makes chemistry a little more easier to attain than when you just, look, I'm doing this because I have to, but we ain't hanging out after this.
1: Well, it certainly makes coming to the ballpark a lot more fun because when it's when it's the other way, there's always issues. There's always problems that you're having to try to sidestep or – work around or fix, but when there's none of those issues on the team, it makes coming to work so much fun. It really does. And a lot of times those things rear its ugly head whenever you go through losing streaks like the five-gamer that we just came off of. But even through that, guys, there was no finger-pointing. There was no blaming. Everybody was just working through things, working as hard as they could to make it to the next game, to try to make a difference. And eventually – If you do that long enough, you do things right. You don't cheat the game. The game will pay you back. Last night, we had some good, positive things happen. We got paid back with a victory. Hopefully, that'll carry into this weekend. It's going to be a chore, as I mentioned, but we're at home. We love playing at home. We love playing in front of our fans. We get energy from the fans, and I have no doubt that we're going to go out, compete as hard as we can, Hey, at the end of the game, we have only a little bit of control about what happens, you know, as, as far as those numbers on the board. We've got to just keep our head down, keep plowing, keep grinding, and at the end we'll look up and see what it says.
0: 6 o'clock Friday, 2 o'clock Saturday, 1 o'clock Sunday, pregame at uh, 5.30, 1.30, and 12.30 on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Jay Walker, Brad Topham have the call. Powered by Learfield IMG College. Uh, Reg Cajun, women's basketball from the WNIT and softball, airing here on ESPN 1420 this week. And my final question for you, Bab, about Cajun baseball is a glue guy in the locker room, in the clubhouse, that isn't going to get the, the praise or the recognition if you look at the stat sheet because he might not be at the top of every best category.
1: He finished the game last night. That's it. He finished the game last night. Austin Bradford. Yes, sir.
0: Finish it with a one, two, three inning. So he is one of these glue guys in there. Or in your opinion, one hundred percent.
1: What what makes him the glue guy? Well, the fact that, and I didn't let you finish the question. I apologize. but I know I knew knew where I was going. I knew where you were going. You've done enough of these interviews. He's a guy that he won't get a lot of the praise because he's not gonna be now. If he starts to continues to do what he did last night. You know and his and he stays healthy, you will see him out there more, but at least up to this point, he hasn't had a lot to show for, so to speak, on the field, but he's had a whole lot to show for behind the scenes. you just mentioned it got you know people don't know everything that goes on in the locker room and and what it takes to keep a good locker room and a locker room without issues and a locker room that that is run correctly it takes not just the guys that are the obvious leaders, but it takes the guys that are some older guys that may not be at bats, but to have a positive attitude and a strong desire to want to be a part of the program and a leader in the program and not get any recognition. And that's Austin Bradford to a T. And I just mentioned, if you continue to do things the right way, the game will pay you back. All he does is think, and the game paid him back last night. You know, everyone, you know, I wasn't there at the end of the game. We spoke about why. But I can imagine when he got those three outs, like I really wish that I was there because I know how elated. The entire roster went last night, so I know how elated those 38 other people were for Austin Bradford, the fact that he could go out there, save that game, get those final three outs, because if there's anyone that deserves it, it's Austin. Good stuff. ESPN
0: 1420, Anthony Bavineau, has been our guest. Um, See you wearing a little Saints top today.
1: I am. I'm sorry there's no green
0: you're busy. But, you're gonna work on it.
1: But you, you, you're gonna get green at some point. It is a oh. Saints tough, and the Saints have been in the news lately. Seems like they're getting rid of every single player on the <laughs> team. Not, Am I right in that?
0: Not every player. They had to release seven players, unfortunately. Okay.
1: Um, a lot of the guys in the middle. Who's
0: like your favorite team in 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 sport? That isn't obviously the the team that you've spent a hundred years with. I would say the, the Saints. Yes. You grew up a Saints fan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, what's your earliest Saints memory? Oh,
1: sure. It's them losing. Say again. I'm sure it's them losing, but oh, 100% <laughs> it's them losing 100%. I think that's one of the, that's my memory. That's of the saints is just watching them and watching them lose and watching them and watching them lose and then watching them and watching them lose. But things, if you keep watching something long enough, you know, you keep doing something long enough, you keep working at it, team made some moves and they started winning and got us to the point that we're at today. You know, I can remember the, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but the first playoff victory was against the Rams. That's right. Is I that was, correct? I was there. It was yes. wild. Yes, it was. I, I remember watching that game. So that's a that's an early memory, but I guess even earlier than that was just watching them, liking them, and they would lose. Right. Yeah. And And you would just think, I remember just thinking like, Man, at some point, they're going to win. They've got to. I mean, this, you just can't lose forever.
0: They found creative ways. Um, but well, they did. When, but when Breeze retired Sunday, someone asked me, like, what what, whatever. what did Drew Breeze mean to you as a guy that roots for the Saints? And mm-hmm. I just said, as somebody that, like, had a family that, you know, grew up a, a Saints fan and, mm-hmm. and, and season tickets and, you know, my mom grew up down the street from Tulane Stadium and was at the first game ever and all this other stuff, Drew Brees was the first time when he got there, and when they signed him, I didn't didn't think that would be the case. I didn't think, oh, 15 years later he'll retire as the all-time leading passer with over 80,000 passing yards. It was the first time as a fan where you felt like, not just because it was like a fan thing to say, but you really felt like, man, this team could go to the Super Bowl this year. Prior to that, Bab, it was like, man, I just hope they can somehow get in as a wild card, and that would just be cool if they could just – well, you maybe to, have one Monday night game. Maybe like it was a totally different mindset, and for the first time, it was like. And I get they had a couple of down years, but for the last fifteen years, fans could legitimately be like, they might get to the Super Bowl this year. And correct. he, he, he wasn't the only reason, but without him, that that just doesn't happen.
1: No doubt, you know. Because no doubt, he was he was a great competitor and a great individual, and he he brought so much to it to that organization. Like you said, I mean, it takes other players also, but if not for him, it, none of this would have happened. Yes. I don't
0: believe. No, I it, 100%. espn1420.com. Um all right, we got a few minutes left here, bab. Favorite baseball movie of all time. Major League works for me. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Although, as time has gone on, I have to admit that while I love Jake Taylor, you know, in 1989, that might not have felt like stalking. But you go back and watch it now, you're like, you know what? It was a little, you he know, just showed up to his ex fiance who he cheated on, you know, followed her and walked into an apartment of her new boyfriend and just kind of followed her around town. Like, that's, I don't know, man. I don't know that that, that was a good thing to do. <laughs> But
1: but He got results. <laughs> got results, bro.
0: All I know is when he's in the locker room and, and he gives the line, there's only one thing left to do then. That's it. Like if I ever hear if I ever, if I ever hear anyone say there's only one thing left to do, I'd make sure there are no kids around and there's no mics on, and then I just say the full line because I feel like I have to. Like I feel like it's required of me. And I can't say it now, but when I turn I might have to say
1: it. <laughs> That's Anthony Babineau. Make sure the mic is off.
0: Louisiana Raging Cajun Baseball this weekend against TCU. Um, Cajuns coming off a win last night at Nichols. If you've been listening via the stream, the Listen Live Player is brought to you by Champagne's Market and the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. This has been the Great Scott Show sponsored by Suit Up. Bab, always appreciate you talking to me on Wednesdays and uh, look forward to doing it again next week. Best of luck this weekend. We'll be watching and uh, we'll talk again soon.
1: Thanks, Scott. Thanks for the time.
0: Only one thing left to do then.